Welcome back to Music Podcast, a podcast about music. I'm Levi Pack, and uh, with me is uh, <laughs> our resident crate digger, our avant guardian, our father who art in the building, Jordan Opry. Wow, what an intro. <laughs> Thanks, King. Yeah, you got it. Damn. Dude. That was fire. I could get used to this. It, I was I was listening to your picks for for this week and I um, crate digger came to mind right because I like because I like to think that I like to experience new sounds you know the uh, the new horizons in the audio space and then <laughs> you send me something like <laughs> one of the albums we're gonna be talking about and I'm like <laughs> my my man's on some whole other thing. Um, so yeah, it just, uh, it all just felt very fitting. I, you know, it's actually funny. My actual thing that I found myself spending the most time listening to is, uh, classical music, like, especially in the last like couple weeks. I, <clears throat> I've, I don't normally have a car, but I'm currently looking for a new place to live. And so I've been driving around a ton to like open houses, etc. And, uh, there's no like, uh, there's like only a CD player in the car. And so I'm like, all right, I can either pack a CD or I could just listen to the radio. And while I love the radio, you know, shout outs, KEXP, all that stuff. There's peaks and valleys uh, where sometimes I tune in. I'm like, this is just not the vibe, but listening to 98.1 King FM. King FM. Let's go. (laughs) It's been amazing. It's honestly been so great. And I mean, I will say like, I've been a long time listener of King FM. I remember having a radio as a kid and just finding the station and putting it on and being like, Whoa, this is like really great stuff. But there's just something dependable about the selections on that station. And like, I've always had like an interest in classical music. I was in choir growing up and stuff, but like, yeah, there, I've just been listening to more and more, especially like choral and like piano arrangements of stuff and getting to know composers and it's been it's like so rewarding i don't know (laughs) i don't have i don't have any picks regarding that you know but it's just (laughs) i don't know it's it's been so fun no it's nice though right to like take a break from i don't know i think at least for this podcast i would say i'm being more intentional listening to stuff so with classical music you can like tune in or kind of zone out right it's it's always there and you decide almost like ambient um, there's which is just maybe a little uh, reductive, but uh, there's there's two things happening at once though, where it's like I I also just picked up some Solomons, so I'm wearing like Gorpy like shoes in the city and like listening to like the local classical station, and I'm just turning into a very specific type of Seattle person. <laughs> so just yeah, be be prepared for the. I truly love that. I love it's that underway. thing so much. Yeah. <laughs> Th- throw on my Gore-Tex when it's indeed. sunny out. It's like yeah. no problems. <laughs> This guy's not getting wet at all. You've been wet in at least two years, right? Since you got the RP. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm going for the. Uh, I'm going for the record. Yeah. Um, Do you still shower with it just to test it every once in a while? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the stank. The stank's getting rough at a certain point, but you know, yeah. I, I'm I'm committed. I'm committed to a dry lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, in Seattle, you got to stay dry, man. Jordan, I really, I'd love for you to sort of kick us off and and talk about your first pick. Oh um, yes. But specifically, I really would like to know the road that led you to it. Um, but yeah, let's let's get there. Um, yeah, of course. And, and I will say, with some of the stuff I listen to, now I do have a conscious thought, like, like do I want to make Levi listen to this, like, <laughs> this month? Um, right. So it's, that's not lost on me. 
um, in this process, like trying to find things that are out of the field for me. And then also that I can send to you. Cause I, right. I don't know. I'm really excited to hear what you think. We're um, in this together. I, I have some ideas, but, uh, yeah, I won't, uh, I won't assume too much. first record that I, I have for this month is Liturgy's 93696, um, which is an avant-garde black metal record um, from the Brooklyn-based band led by Ravenna Hunt Hendricks. Um, and sort of as I've dug into this, or, or the context surrounding this record, um, I think there's something to be said about music standing on its own, right? Um, I, I'm curious to hear what you think about the the actual music, of course. Yeah. Um, like the context here for me has has been really intriguing. Um, Ravenna Hunt Hendricks is a, you know, obviously a musician, um, but also considers herself a philosopher, a theologian, um, and has spent a lot of time like carving out this new space in black metal as a genre. And mm-hmm. about ten years ago, maybe 2010. Um, wrote basically like a 15-page manifesto on what she calls transcendental black metal. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I just want to say, this is the content you can only get from music podcasts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Opening up on transcendental shit. black metal. Yep, we're getting into it right away. Um, yeah, I'm here for it. So it's Please literally like, on. I don't know, it's like beyond liner notes, this kind of stuff. Um but I mean, there's there's a lot here, um, and I won't spend time like regurgitating what's on there. Um, the paper is just called Transcendental Black Metal. You can find it on the internet. Um, but a lot of this music is sent on reclaiming space in black metal as a medium away from what she calls hyperborean black metal or hmm. metal that originates from like Nordic, the Nordic area, like northern europe basically yeah um and a lot of that music is centered on negativity or she uses the word depravity um and these like you know traditionally problematic or even hateful um principles so she's taking time to redefine that um in her own on her own terms um and I think another thing that's that's definitely inspiring with with what she's doing, um, she's she's publicly gone through, um, she's transitioned um, in her time in this band. Yeah. So, like her reclaiming space as a trans woman in the black metal community, as like I, I think she's a Christian or or has like some sort of yeah, Christian cl- ideology. Connection, yeah. yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, broadly religious. That's probably a better way to put it. Um. We haven't even talked about the fucking music yet. Like this is right, right. <laughs> like this is the kind of record that this is. So I, I've just been kind of in on like what's going on here. Um, but to talk about the music and like the concept of this record, um, yeah, she's tried to create this image or atmosphere of of heaven. Um, mm-hmm. And having studied theology myself, I think it's really intriguing to me because it's 
like if you listen to it, it's it's maybe not what you'd think of as heaven if you grew up in America or the West um, and went to like a non-denominational church. It's it's overwhelming. It's in your face. It's um, it's a lot, and I think that intrigues me the most is as something that you can't fully like comprehend. Um, it, it's not, but it's still beautiful in like a different way. Right. Um, like yeah, there's absolutely. a lot of it's it's still very melodic. Um, there's a lot of maybe even you could say classical or choral production. So I find your like your experience with classical music this month definitely timely um, for something like this. I wouldn't say it's heavy either. Um, like the production yeah. feels very airy and light in, in certain ways. Um, and like, yeah, it's it's just like <laughs> I don't know. I, I of course have more to say in this, but that's kind of the context and. And overall, it's it's a long, epic record. It's about 80 minutes, um, but broken up with these almost sweeter, like, instrumental or choral passages to give you a, yeah. a break. That's how I, I perceive them, at least. Just right. like a literal break for your ears from this, this blast of sound. Um, but yeah, and there's, you know, there is screaming, so it's a bit visceral in that way. But, but the way she describes it is... Uh, where is it here? Unbound ecstasy. Like there's no other way to sing this music other than screaming. Mm. So, mm. um, but yeah, it's, it's oddly, I find it more listenable than, than some other black metal I've heard, but yeah, that's my take as someone that maybe doesn't, at least from my understanding, don't doesn't listen to as much black metal. Not that I listen to a whole lot. Mm-hmm. What did you think, man? I'm, I'm dying to know. Jordan, you have three picks this month, and you told me them earlier this week, and this weekend, it was uh, it was in the morning, it was a quiet morning, and I thought, I'm going to spend the morning listening to Jordan's picks. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll go back to back, maybe I'll create space if I need to. Which one do I start with? I decided to start with the longest one. Not, oh not heard of, I've not heard of liturgy. Again, it's a quiet morning, it's maybe 9.30, 10 a.m., and I put it on and I hear these, I'm forgetting exactly what it is, right? There, it's, I, I, I think they're maybe flutes or it's like a flute-like sound, right? It is a, it's almost like a chamber orchestra vibe. And to your point, my first thought is, ah, Jordan and I are on the same vibe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, 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 I'm okay. Down. yeah, this is cool. <laughs> fucking taste twins and then (laughs) like a thunderstorm rolling in (laughs) the reality of this record sets upon me (laughs) and i will say within the first track i made the transition the transition from playing it on speakers to listening to it on headphones (laughs) (laughs) but i will say so we've talked about it a little bit about my relationship to, to, to metal music, to screaming, all, all this stuff where it's like, it's never felt like my thing necessarily, but I have a respect for it. I have an under, I, I, not a ton of understanding for it actually, but sort of like, you know, it's, it's renowned enough where I'm just like, even if I don't totally get it, I'm here for it, for it and I, whatever. Um, sort of finding myself strapped into listening to this record. I was just like, all right, I'm just going to 
like find everything that's worth finding here, you know, best I can. I'm going to experience and try to experience it in the way that I want to, that I need to mm-hmm. and connect with it on my own terms. And so I was, I found myself sitting on the couch, uh, listening to it, you know, with over your headphones. And I began to just like take notes. You know, my first note as I was writing it was that like, I must be listening to this wrong because at a certain point, the intensity seems to like fade into a drone. And I was struck by that because there's something about this music. It is so, it's really unlike anything else where it is not only intense audibly, but you can almost feel the physicality that was required, the physical effort that was required to produce this music. They're not hitting the drums soft, right? It's not programmed in any way. People are using their bodies to create music, and that's their voices. It's the screaming. It's the it's the guitars. It's the you know chamber instruments in some ways. It is such an um, an embodied physical experience, and I I almost the way that it began to drone together in a particular way and not in an insulting way, but the way it sort of be- becomes noise becomes textural. I almost felt like I was like insulting the experience of it. Right. Like what am I doing in response to this, this welling up of emotion? But then I just sort of realized that like that experience is like still relevant, right? That, that, that connection. Right. And i I began to, uh, I followed it up with a note that was just like, I, I think that these albums can almost function like long form music in the way that like, in like, instead of driving up to like a, a pop chorus or something like that, there is just like this sustained intensity that like peels off at the end of each new track and it goes into the other. And I had that thought and then the record does exactly what you said and it peels off into its own sort of like intermission where it brings back the choral sounds. It brings, uh, sorry, like the, the chamber sounds, the choral music um, in what feels like, yeah, deeply like religious sounding, like very ethereal, very like monastic in some ways. And I was I was totally taken by it. Like, it's not my favorite thing I've ever heard, but like, I'm really excited to dive back in and experience it, it again. Cause I was just like this, I feel like I had a, a really genuine connection with, with what this thing was doing. And I, I really found myself leaving the, 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 at least this record with a lot of respect for the format of embracing the peaks, embracing the, the valleys, embracing the fatigue that you can experience listening to something like this and, and, and seeing what that can produce. Like the feeling of like bursting out from this like clouded forest of sound into like the sunshine of quiet and like, like a, a really sparse choral part. I'm like, dude, this shit rules. Like it was like, narrative it was epic it was climactic like it was a yeah very 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 much enjoyed this um and again it's something that we say a lot on this podcast it's not an everyday listen (laughs) but no it's absolutely dude deeply enjoyable um especially this sounds so insulting but i was gonna say deeply enjoyable especially in retrospect but i mean that right there's a journey that i experienced that i think is uh is really cool and and music can do that you know wow (laughs) dude (laughs) i'm just like i don't know i think it, it like yeah i think we've said this about this kind of music before and i know it, 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 
doesn't always strike you in the best way from what you've told me. So I don't know. I, I think it's, I definitely respect like you giving it an honest chance and like digging into it. Cause I think it is a lot. You're right. I agree with you. Like, I think when I listened to it the first time for the first time, um, I like was just kind of sitting there like, what did I just like, what did I just listen to? Um, <laughs> right. Cause it's also so long. So it's, it's a lot to dig into, but I think it's, it's truly like one of the more groundbreaking things I've heard this year. And, and just yeah. in terms of its scale. Um, yeah. And I'm glad you threw the headphones on too. I think it yeah. definitely, and probably your neighbors didn't want to hear that. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's maybe what you're <laughs> My thinking. man in 403 downstairs <laughs> yeah. would not have, yeah, not have been hyped. What's Leon? <laughs> oh my, is he good? Um, I, I will say, you know, the, the the thing for me is that I think, you know, to, to put it this way, any bar seems unfriendly when you don't have a friend there, right? And I think that, like, it can take just finding a way in. And I think that's what I've really lacked for a long time. And I don't think that all black metal is for me now. And and I, I, I would love it if you could send me some of the stuff that you were reading about, um, you know, sort of her her thoughts on the genre and and all this stuff. Cause I I find that very interesting because yeah, even metal music's connection to yeah, Nordic, you know, uh, mythology and culture. And even uh, unfortunately, like the way that like Nazism and like white Mm -hmm. nationalism is wrapped up in that stuff. Like that is a very interesting connection that, uh, that seems really fraught. And if you're someone who loves that type of music, I can imagine that would be extremely painful. And so, yeah, I find that, I find that very interesting. The, the final thing I'd say is that like, you know, the juxtaposition of like choral sounds and classical sounds with black metal is like, you know, cool. And, 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 you know, it's not like it's never been done before, but it's like, it's, it's, it feels groundbreaking on its own, especially the starkness you know mm-hmm. uh th- that they really lean into here but there's also like a a very like a very digital thing happening there's this moment a couple times on the record i think where you know everyone knows that very specific like double bass you know you know 16 note or, you know or whatever just drumming against the side of your head just brrr, you know but then the way they take that there are moments where they take that extremely you know battering rhythmic sound and do it digitally where it almost sounds like a track skipping you know mm-hmm. where it, it, it's repeating itself it sounds like a rec- like not even like a record specifically like a cd skipping there's like a digital artifact th- thing occurring and i find that to be really really interesting and i'd never really heard something like that juxtaposed with a double bass pedal sound where it's a very similar effect where it's just like baga 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 but like i don't know hearing that employed like just in the record i'm like yeah i'm again i'm really excited to dive back in and i and i I found myself like really, really interested in that. Um, yeah. Amazing. Amazing shit. <laughs> That's really yeah, good. dude. It's yeah. It's such like a, it's a behemoth for sure. Like this is a, like you said, exactly. It's not something you throw on every day. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's from hopefully, hopefully if you're listening to this, you're feeling like it might be worth your time if you're curious about something like this. Um, yeah. Well, it's worth the price of admission. 90 minutes. Come on. Definitely. Make the, um, make the time. You know, my next pick is uh, somebody who <laughs> has experience with, I guess you could call it black metal. Um, 
maybe maybe secretly so. I don't know that a lot of people, uh, some people have connected the dots about it being him. But uh, Sam Gendel is, uh, gosh, he's a sax player. He's he's sort of a part of this like very cool, you know, LA jazz scene that that's happening right now and has been happening in the last couple of years. Um, I'm specifically referencing his, uh, his, his project clown core, <laughs> um, which are you familiar <laughs> with that Jordan? No. What? Oh my God. What the hell? I, man, I got to send you a video. It's Sam Gendel and someone else, another famous, uh, you know, f- famous, like, uh, a infamous, uh, drummer, I think. I'm forgetting who it is, um, but I'll uh, I'll send it to you. It's a uh, but they just wear like clown costumes and they play like metal riffs in like a van, and then they go into the like really spacey like new age sax solos. It's really amazing. All that to say, <laughs> Sam Gendel is one of the more interesting sax players of the moment in my mind, and he just continues to outdo himself. Um, he's had several records that I've liked, especially his, his, he's done stuff with Sam Wilkes, uh, who is a, I believe he's primarily a bass player, but, but all very jazzy stuff, amazing covers of jazz standards, um, super talented guy, uh, who's, who's great about paying homage to, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the culture that, that predates him, especially, you know, black culture right so it's jazz music it's r&b stuff he's playing all this stuff right and i think being a white person in that space it's like you want to do that you want to proceed considerately um and yeah i think that uh sam gendel rules and i really love his um his 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 new record i had actually totally missed his record i i didn't know that it came out uh it came out march 1st but it's called cook up um and you know i, t- I try to listen to anything that that I'll try to listen to anything that he puts out. Um, but when he, when he put this out, I, I looked into what it was and I, w- I saw something that looked very familiar <laughs> just without having any context for what it was. But I, but I saw a track name called Crazy in Love and I was like, yo, is this what I think it is? he's interpreting and uh sort of like recontextualizing a bunch of r&b classics you know from uh people like erica baidu and uh even you know beyonce and all all kinds of people i think there's an Aaliyah cover it's phenomenal i i find it to be a very interesting record that's like very technically proficient if at times not super listenable you know but it's all kind of like interesting and experimental and I just am all for someone putting out interesting work like this, right? Not overthinking it, not overproducing it, but and, and just making it happen. Um, yeah, I think it's a really cool record, and I, I'm curious what you thought. Yeah. Um, Sam Gendel, I feel like he's always putting something new out. Um, no kidding. But I miss this one. I like. I remember seeing it whenever it came out and just being like, eh, I'm not really in the mood for, for Sam Gendel. 
Like I'll probably I'll listen to the next one in six months or whatever. Oh, um, absolutely. Owned. Like <laughs> no, but like I think that just speaks to like how this he just pumps out so much music and right. Like every I'm looking at his discography right now. He's got a my, new single. <laughs> he had a new single come out. Since. Oh my god! Like in a, it's <laughs> yeah. it blows my mind. Um, right. Super impressive and. Of what I've heard, none of it sounds the same. Like it all, totally. he takes things in a different way every time. So going into this, I was like expecting something new. Um, yeah, and it's definitely that. I think it wasn't my favorite of his. I, I think I do, maybe I need to spend some more time with it. And I I definitely resonate with you saying like, like technically it's impressive and there's a lot of complexity and... Um, like he's he's very talented, but there were definitely some parts that didn't feel as listenable to me for some like this kind of jazz yeah. record. Um, like you know, I'm throwing this on, not always to to listen intently, um, but I will say standout track for me um, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it just sounded like spacey, like an underwater Mario sixty four level in like the coolest yeah. way. Um, sure. And I love the concept of covering like older R and B songs because I know he's he, he covered like a Beach Boy song with Sam Wilkes um, on one of those collaborated collaboration records, right? Um, but yeah, I I don't know. This one didn't like stick with me like Blue Blue did last year. Um, yeah, that just felt a lot more atmospheric to me. But I think I'm gonna you know I'm definitely still intrigued with what Sam Gendel is doing. Um, right. And like, I don't know, how did you find yourself like listening to this one? Are you, do you kind of throw it on while you're working or are you going to like sit down with a glass of wine? Yeah. What what was your experience (laughs) with that? Totally. I I found myself listening and maybe it speaks to the fact that I've been working a lot over the last couple of weeks, but like I found myself listening to it a ton while working. And I think it's because, you know, it's not, uh, so ambient as to be ignorable. Right but not so in your face as to be like distracting. There's just like little, little hooks. There's like teeth to it. And I really, I really enjoyed having it on. There's like weirdness, you know, people laughing in the mix, etc. But I, um, yeah, I, I've just found myself throwing it on and sometimes, you know, getting to the end of it and just throwing it back immediately. There's something about it that, that I really, that I really clicked with. And I think also for me, you know, I've spoken about this, but like, I feel like I missed out on so much R and B growing up that Mm, like it's all I can do to sort of have hooks into just like the culture itself and like, okay, like what's worth seeking out. Right. And so like, this is, you know, I love, I love the Aaliyah song, you know, that that's, that's covered here. I love the, uh, the, you know, the Beyonce song covered here. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to find the artists that I'm not as familiar with and, and, and chase those down in some ways and use it as a chance to learn. And so, yeah, it's just like, it's very like, you know, it's funny to talk about this on, on talk about it on the podcast because I feel like it's we're developing ostensibly, you know, a very long best of the year list, and I think it it's funny to have this one rank for me, but I think it it also makes a ton of sense because like I don't know, it's just it it, it connected with me, and I think sometimes there's there's reasons things do and reasons things don't, mm-hmm. and and sometimes just things hit in a moment and. This was definitely uh, this was definitely one of those. Yeah, and I think w- one other thing I'd say is that like you know obviously 
you know, in the news in the last, at least since we've recorded, was uh, Ryuichi Sakamoto passing away. And I think that, not to draw a line between these two artists, right, but seeing somebody who's not afraid to just swing in directions that he's inspired to swing in, I think are... I think it's just my one of my favorite things an artist could possibly do, right? Not be beholden to expectations, not be beholden to like what has been asked of before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's why, yeah, <laughs> it's why people like Sam Gendel are cool to me. It's why someone like Frank Ocean is cool to me. You know, it's like, you know what? <laughs> shout out We're to recording this Frank after Ocean. Coachella, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> no, I've I'm got my thoughts, you. but uh, <laughs> shout out to him. I don't know. What can I say? Yeah. It sounds like he's had a rough couple of years. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, I feel you, though. And I think, uh, I don't know, he, he's just the super exciting artist to follow, Sam Gendel. So I think that's the the great thing about it, in my opinion, is like, you know, this wasn't exactly my cup of tea. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it came off wrong. But, but like, seriously, what, whatever he comes out with next, which will probably be in the next year, given his track record, like, I'm still going to listen to it. In the next year. It. Next next month we'll have. Yeah, I guess he already had a single. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, he, this guy. Yeah, yeah, it blows my mind. Um, it's it's just so cool too, though, to to like have somebody who's so technically proficient, and then yeah. see the way like uh, that instrument is deployed differently in different contexts. Like, uh, there's a ton of like jazzy sounds on 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 your next pick on the Black Thought um, record uh, that is just like it's so masterfully done and seeing the way someone like Sam Gendel finds his way around a saxophone or just around, you know, jazzy R and B style, like rhythms, I, th- I find to be really interesting, but dude, I would love to hear more about, you know, what, what led you to, uh, t- to picking this black thought album. You see light like mine once a lifetime when some young gum becomes an icon, but somehow they'll cut down the flight time unless they send that heat down the pipeline. My mind is hard to explain. Call y'all all aboard for this train. I flow like a Nautilus main. Damn, I love this glorious game. Yeah, this uh, it's a collaboration album between. Uh, yeah, true, true. I didn't. I didn't look up how to pronounce this producer's name. So, uh, L. Michelle's affair. We'll say that and Black Thought. Yeah, I'm uh, getting Michelle's as well, but L right. is telling me it's Hispanic, and so yeah. El Michelle's affair. Let's go for it. Let the <laughs> we'll record go for show it. we did our best. Um, yeah. Yep. We tried. Um, glorious, glorious game. game. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I came across this. I think just on um, on Bandcamp, um, and I heard the single. I think it was just the title track, Glorious Game, about like a month ago. Um, I haven't been listening to singles as much, but I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is kind of cool. Um, like you said, it's it's definitely jazzy. It's got a nice hook. Um, the bass line is, is just, it's icky. It's so good. Um, yeah. Just really like, like, wah. I don't know how to describe that. Um, just. <laughs> no, no, go for it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's let me a, break it's it down for you. Uh, yeah, let me gotcha. just play it for you. Um, but no, I, I heard the single and I was like, okay, this is pretty good. But it didn't, I don't know, I just didn't, like I connected with it and it was enjoyable. But I didn't find myself going back to it until the record came out last or mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. Um, but as a project, like truly oh. some of the, the best like rapping I've heard, like the production... 
it's just crisp. It sounds like 90, it sounds like a NOS record or something like that, but just yeah. with a more modern, um, like mastering or just quality to it uh, and, and almost right. clarity. Um, so it just feels like a, an old school hip hop record in 100%. 2023 in like the, the best way. Like I, Black Thought had a collaboration record with uh, Danger Mouse last year that I listened to a couple times, but it didn't really stick with me. Um, mm-hmm. But Black Thought, for those that don't know, was uh, a part of, or still is a part of the Roots Collective. Um, mm-hmm. So he's been around for quite a while, um, but it's cool to see like someone that's been in the industry for this long, still making music. And yeah. I don't know, maybe like, I'm not old per se, but I feel like with rap specifically, I've had a harder time with some of the newer like kinds of rap and hip hop. Like hmm. I, I just haven't connected as much with you're an old like head that, is what you're saying. I'm an old head. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm a dad, man. You know, that's how yeah, it goes. That's, it true. Just, that's, that's my rite true. of passage. Um, it happens to you, but <laughs> exactly. I didn't choose it. It chose me. Um, <laughs> But no, there's a certain like timeless quality to this, this music and 100%. everything about it, in my opinion. Um, yeah, it's just like really pristine. It's not the most, I, I don't know, it'll feel familiar, but I think that is like the best thing about it for me. It's like, yeah, it's just very, very well done and just feels like a complete project. And this is like a perfect time for, for spring. Hopefully it's getting sunnier in Seattle, but like spring and summer, like I'll find myself coming back to this a whole lot. I, I think. Um, yeah, I think uh, I I think I completely agree, and I, and I really like your note about even the um, the 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 single. The single is great, but in context, it's even better, right? Rolling off of Grateful into the into Glorious Game is just like that's like when the record hit for me as well, where I'm like, oh, this is cool, and I was like, oh, this is sweet like this is great and yeah, yeah it feels very complete it feels like it knows exactly what it's doing um there's not a ton of like you know going back to the the liturgy record not a ton of like pe- peaks and valleys right mm-hmm. but it just flows right i know yeah. that i'm gonna be I, I haven't felt like uh i put on a record that just flowed uh this well truly since i um the, the Isaiah Rashad album from 2021, I hmm. think it was, or maybe it was early 2022. Um, I think that, I think it's called This House is Burning, but I just would throw it on all the time in the summer because it just, it was so clean. Um, and like, it was uh, just a great experience getting through it. And I really, I really feel that here as well, where it's not, again, like, it's not like it's like backgroundy at all, but it's just like, it's just got an amazing vibe that, <laughs> like pre-packaged with it, you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and honestly, some of the bars hit. There's there's some stuff that's like, I find myself cringing, but it's not because it's cringe, but because it's like modern. It's like there is there. I counted like one or two like blockchain, <laughs> you know, bars. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> oh man, you know, <laughs> like yeah. he, they they say so, like you're deep fake or whatever. And I was like, wow, that is. Anchored in the moment in a way that isn't my fave, you know, but it's more, yeah, I'm more cringing at, at the modern moment more than anything else. Yeah, um, maybe but, uh, yeah, I mean, Black Thought is fucking phenomenal. Just such a fucking talent, arguably, you know, the greatest of all time. Like the way he flows, the way he writes, 
it's it's amazing. Um, and so yeah, dude, I was totally uh, again rolling through your picks. I was get, hitting the liturgy first. I'm like, oh man, what's next? Yeah, you're worried. Be, you're like, oh Then shit. coming to this, I'm just like, yeah, man, it's all uh, yeah, a, a great mix of picks. I would say, um, deeply enjoyable. Yeah, and it's like I'm glad you like this one. I I figured that I think this is something that we both would like and did like. Um, right. But yeah, flows super well. It's only about thirty minutes, um, yeah. and it's funny you mentioned the line about those lyrics. Like, like I sat down and listened to it like once all the way through on my headphones. But I've just found like I'll just throw it on like when I'm out or at home. Um, so I think that's the my favorite thing about it is it definitely like warrants your full attention, but it's still mm-hmm. gonna sound good, like just like living with it and and doing your thing. Yeah, um, absolutely. But this this pick definitely. I felt like it slotted in almost perfectly with with your picks, um, hmm. especially this this Eddie Chacon record. right but he was him their project he was in a project called charles and eddie and they had some hits in the 90s um and uh and when you say that right someone has some hits in the 90s there's a familiar story there right where it's like you know you have something that the public really liked got top 10 for a couple weeks or something fades away a lot of people remember it but you know it just sort of um the artists themselves can 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 fade away a, a little bit, and in the last couple of years, there has been a very uh, what I can only describe as uh, a graceful resurgence, um, you know, of Eddie Chacon, who has been he he came back basically last uh, last year, two years ago, twenty twenty, it was actually um, with the with the record "Pleasure, Joy, and Happiness," um, and. You know, it's just kind of, it's just this very, he went from making 90s R&B to making these, these very intimate, um, yeah, I, I, I saw someone write about it and they, they, they refer to it as like bruised, but bruised, but resilient. And I loved that, um, because it's just, it feels intimate and it feels tired, but it feels still like strong and passionate and sexy you know and and like i i think the last record was in my memory at least a lot quieter than um than what i hear uh here on sundown but wow i love this record so this record is it is a collaboration with john carroll kirby who also worked on um the, the last record and I'm heartened to see this dynamic continue because they seem to work really, really well together. Uh, John Carroll Kirby is, I think he's technically a pianist, but he has been working with uh, all kinds of R&B acts in, in, the, in the last couple of years. You know, Solange, Frank Ocean, all kinds of folks. Um, really talented, frankly, really humble, really, you know, wonderful dude I, i've listened to his mixes i've listened to his music itself it's really cool it's really connected with 
you know, the, the roots, you know, again, you know, g- going to this, but like, he's a white dude in the jazz and R&B space. And, you know, he's great about paying homage and, and he clearly has a deep history and, and or a great history and knowledge of the space and the genre that I think is just really cool. Um, and so his continued relationship with Eddie rules. Um, and this record is phenomenal. I liked the last one. I love this record. I had heard Holy Hell, which I think was the first single or one of the first singles. And um, I I really liked it. I'm like, okay, cool. Like it's, you know, again, kind of sexy, kind of jazzy, like throw it on a little candlelight, a little wine, no problems. But dude, the closing track on this record, mm. The Morning Sun, is phenomenal dude i have not been able to get this particular song off of my mind like there's something infinitely listenable about this song and it's just been on repeat for me it is so so good it is so smooth it it absolutely rolls i'm so curious to (laughs) that's like my throw it to you thing i keep saying i'm curious but i am so curious you know the moment i knew i wanted to listen i I wanted to pick this the moment i heard the record and i from that moment i was dying to like chat with you about it and so please like i'm super curious to hear your thoughts yeah dude this one so when it came out i listened to it like before i knew you were gonna you wanted to, to talk about this one um and I really liked Pleasure, Joy, and Happiness when I listened to it in 2020. Um, mm-hmm. Like you were saying, like it's it's got this really unique, like smooth R&B soul sound, like a lot of sort of synth undertones. It's very mellow. Um, yeah. And I really liked it. I think I, I listened to it again after listening to this. Um, and I, I'm with you. Like I, I like Sundown a lot more. Not like that we need to compare the two, but I think within the context of Eddie Chacon's like recent discography, um, this just feels like, it's like on another, another level, like as far it's as- It's a really confident record. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Like it's, it truly feels like a, a step up and like more defined and and I don't know, like a, yeah, a better pronouncement of, of what he's going for maybe. But yeah, so the, anyways, the first time I listened to it, I was like, okay, this, this seems pretty good. It, it sounds pretty similar. Um, but then I listened to it again and again. Um, like, and then you told me that you wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's, it's just like really, it's a really great, and in my, I, I think it's unique as far as like mm-hmm. R&B goes. Um, like it's groovy. It's got really cool and really memorable hooks at least on this record um yeah i don't know if i'd say it's it's poppy um but maybe like a almost like men i trust if if you could see that comparison yeah, like totally um bedroom pop i i, I don't know that that feels a little it's, well it's interesting like it feels like but. it feels like it's like an, an another era's pop sound almost, yes right where it's almost like like a 70s pop vibe where it's like it's not a hook. There's a very specific, I think it's flute or something. There's a very specific flute line in the in the, on this record. I forget actually what track it is, but it goes and like, dude, that's not bedroom pop as much as it's like literally straight out of like Woodstock or some shit. Yeah. Like, I don't know what that is, but it's like it feels so nice. It feels so 
light and but still smooth and yeah there's like a very easy listening quality to this record and not in an insulting way at all that just is yeah it's completely infectious i i can't i i there was literally a week where i just kind of listened to this record over and over um and i would listen to it while working i would listen to it just you know walking around uh, i would listen to, yeah i it was on all the time and it's easy to see why i i'm i'm excited to see how this record fares against really anything else i could listen to because like it's just so nice and i feel so connected to it um and i just i don't know i kind of got a heart for eddie he just seems like a sweet guy and i'm just happy that <laughs> yeah, he's dude. back and he's doing his thing and you know it, it, even to your point about or even to to what we were saying about the, the 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 confidence of this record of it being stronger in some ways how could it not be right he he reemerges with the last record and he doubled downs with this one and it's like hell yeah you know of course of course he's really going to bring the heat cuz he kind of knows what he's doing and so yeah. yeah i was i was happy to see that there was more music coming out from from the two of them and even more stoked to hear just how fucking good it is so yeah shout out to Eddie Chacon shout out to Michael Kirby this this album yeah really enjoyed this one too and like i think to your point it's really it's just really cool to see someone like come back after like a hiatus whether i yeah i don't know the context surrounding his time Dude, away from the music. wikipedia article says <laughs> that they uh hold on i almost want to pull it up but it says charles and eddie amicably split in whatever year <laughs> and it's like Yo, we love an amicable split. Yeah, we're <laughs> no, down. Not enough okay. amicable splits nowadays. I could right, use so, me an yeah. amicable split. Charles is cheering for Eddie then. Um, <laughs> Straight up, it's got to be. We love that. Um, but yeah, just like that's that's cool to see. But then also listen to the whole thing. But if you're not going to listen to the whole thing, listen to The Morning Sun. Like, Morning truly, Sun's so fire. You, you said, you're like, I, I can't wait to gush about it. And then I, I was like, you know, kind of like, oh, like, I want to be impressed. And truly, like, oh, my God, man, this song's so good. I think probably it's top amazing. five for me so far this year. Like, it's it's amazing. But to change gears a little bit, um, mm-hmm. definitely want to share a little bit about um, this next pick of mine. Next and last. It's mm-hmm. actually a debut record, so a bit different um, than Eddie here. But the last one I got is Why Does the Earth Give Us People to Love? by Kara Jackson. When searching for a reason he could only find one He said you're just no fun You're just no fun And if seeing you naked wasn't such a bargain It would be a home run Jackson is a singer-songwriter um, from the Chicago area, and this is, like I said, her first record she put out a, a single a couple months ago, um, Okay. got picked up by Pitchfork, which is where I heard about her. Um, but, you know, I think with singer-songwriter music in 2023, um, I don't know, I... I felt kind of burnt out, like after... Me too, man. You know, we've talked about Boy Genius 
off off pod. Uh, don't lump but, me uh, into the boy genius conversation. <laughs> I like boy genius. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. That's we're not here to slander boy genius. But where I'm going <laughs> we're with certainly this, not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but I think like that's just an example of I think like the heights that this sort of singer songwriter. Um, okay, hold on. I'm gonna interrupt. Okay, no, no, no. Let's let's get into it. <laughs> Phoebe Bridgers is amazing. Boy Genius is amazing. I have a, a huge amount of respect for them. Absolutely. I think what happens when there are breakout acts like Phoebe Bridgers, like Claro, like, you know, even, I don't know, Steve Lacey, his latest record has bedroom poppy sounds to it, which is weird, but it, but it is true. Like, I think the biggest thing, the biggest track from his most re- uh, the... I forget what it's called. Uh, no, that Who, album's Steve called Lacey? Gemini Rights. Yeah, the I oh, wish the, I knew. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, the TikTok one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, but seriously, the, no, the way per, that that everywhere. is just like it is a, it's like a very bright guitar sound looped like really, really starkly with like a really like low uh, lo-fi, whatever that even means anymore. But just like a very like untechnical beat like on top of it like that is the that is what the bedroom pop sound has become and i think it started with with some with these amazing musicians who have continued to make really amazing music but i think the derivative nature comes from people who continue to play in the space and cash in on the sound itself while the artists themselves have moved on the boy genius record i really really liked and obviously we're not talking about it so maybe i liked it less than eddie chacon's record (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) it's my favorite album but not favorite favorite no I, i i truly truly loved that record listening through it but it is not a bedroom pop record, right? It has moved oh, no. beyond, you know, and I don't think you're saying that, but it's moved beyond that sound. But I think the sound has become super, 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 you know, that singer songwriter bedroom pop kind of quiet sound has been, has become super crowded. And I think it's easy to see why. And I think it's cool when young musicians join the space, all that stuff. But it, te- I just, that burnout, I think is totally understandable. Um, but dude, this, this record, is was a breath of fucking fresh air. It was wild. Like rolling into it, I had the same thought. I was like, okay, this clearly is going to be singer songwriter vibes, and it is. It is not. I, I have a note here where I'm like, this is, this this is not Claro. This is like Sade. Like this is like Nina Simone. There is like a very like old old like classic sound to this that like. I don't know. I I was super taken by it. So sorry to interrupt, but I was like, I, it's not them. It's those that followed. And I, I really f- feel like this artist is who's following that. And I feel very excited by it. Like what, what I heard in this record. Yeah. It's like, it's so good. And I think there's a certain, to your point, like timelessness of how it sounds, which I think can go a long way. With this kind of music in Extremely particular. Extremely timeless. Um, yeah, I said Nina Simone and Sade as if they're from the same yeah. era. That's not true, but they're both equally timeless, right? Like, they're mm-hmm. rooted in their specific eras, but it, it it works whenever you put them on, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so, so like, as far as the music of this, um, you know, it's girl and guitar. Um, I think she says in one of her interviews, like, she just wants to make guitar-ass music because it makes wow. her joyful. So, like, 
love that. Um, and that's, you know, if we're going to be plain and simple, like that's what it is, but there's plenty to dig into here. Um, like the arrangements are very lush. There are backing strings, um, you know, vocal tracks. Um, it's just a beautiful, like pedal steel, side guitars, things like that. Um, there's almost an Americana or like, I don't know if I'd say country, but maybe Americana singer songwriter feel to this. There's like a feels, rich folk history yeah, fueling this, um, like 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think what... I just love that kind of music, for one. Um, I thought of Bill Callahan, um, who's like a yeah. another artist in this space. Um, so it felt like that kind of music, to me, with a more modern take on lyrics. Like So Kara Jackson's a poet, um, and you can definitely tell from the way she uses her lyrics to sort of paint this image of something she's feeling or an experience she's had. Um, There's a lot of grief and love and emotion, self-love too. Um, Mm. I don't know. I haven't felt this like blown away by a singer songwriter record in a while. And to be clear, um, (laughs) you know, just, I don't want to paint myself as a a hater. (laughs) I, I think I did have a distaste for Phoebe Bridgers only because of, how much other people said they loved her. So that's just me being a hater, and I'm going to own that right now on this <laughs> <Yeah>. podcast. Um, <laughs> let the record show I let love Let the record being a show. Hater. Yeah, I love being a hater, but I, I acknowledge um, the talent that Phoebe Bridgers, Lucy Dacus, and Julian Baker all have. Um, yeah. Julian Shout Baker, out. one of the best shows I've seen, actually. Um, oh, you've seen her. That's but, cool. Yeah. But, uh, Anyways, Brielle this, and I are like, currently between so trying to get tickets to uh, to to see Boy Genius when they're here. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I think um, it'd be a great show. Like, I think actually, I saw them. Be fucking fun. I saw them Where'd in you Seattle. See them? Uh, the f- not the Paramount. What's the other one? Showbox. Um, no, no, no. It's on. It's downtown. Shit. <sighs> Anyways, not Showbox. Not the. No, it was somewhere. Smaller. Or no, it's like Belltown. More Belltown. Like big. Oh, the Crocodile. No, it's a theater. Jesus Christ. The more? Thank you. <laughs> oh my god. Just list every theater yeah, in Seattle. Every, the uh, Neptune? Yeah. <laughs> Thornton Place up, yeah. up in Northgate, the movie theater? <laughs> oh god. Yes, thank you. I, the more theater. The, the thing that struck me about this album is that she thinking about the whole bedroom pop singer songwriter thing in twenty twenty three, there tends to be a voice that people employ of like chewing your vowels in very particular ways when you want to sound like what the sound is and her voice, her sound, the sound of her voice feels completely like her own. It like, honestly, there are moments where it really, her voice really does remind me of Sade, but like hearing it in that context feels completely fresh in a way that felt like so, so exciting. And so I completely agree. Like, there are influences at play on this record that I have not heard in this combination really anywhere else. And it makes me really excited for to circle back to the record and hear what else she puts out because there is something fresh happening here. There is um, yeah. the, the, to your note about the instrumentation, what I loved about the instrumentation, especially, yeah, the, there's pedal steel, there's harp, there's strings, but none of it like calls attention to itself 
it's like textural in the background. It's like it, it creates this very ethereal vibe. And I think about, you know, all respect to someone like Sufjan Stevens, but like that a, a more quirky indie period where it's like, yo, isn't it kind of weird there's strings in this indie song? It's kind of funny, yeah, right? <laughs> like, whoa, is that a, are these like trilling flutes, you know, on like, come on, feel the Illinois or whatever? Um, <laughs> and it's like, I think that was the sound of the moment, right? But it was all about drawing attention to just how strange that stuff was. You know, even Arcade Fire, it's like, <laughs> yo, is that an <laughs> accordion? <laughs> um, these guys are crazy. <laughs> these guys are crazy. These are not like red hot chili peppers. This isn't rock um, music. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly not but no then you know it on this record you just hear you know twinkling harp just kind of in the background just playing its role right doing what it needs to adding the texture adding the sound that she wants and i just yeah there's like a boldness there that i thought was great and yeah, I would love to read more about the production because it's very wide like it doesn't have this like very it's like a pretty intimate sound, but it's not record. It doesn't feel like it's recorded in an intimate way. Like it feels like it's on a, some sort of maybe not a sound stage, but like there is a there is a sound stage happening mm-hmm. within the record. Um, and yeah, it all yeah wide is really the only word I guess I can use to describe yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's really cool. It just feels extremely genuine and extremely original, uh, and it it fucking rocked. So, dude, I gotta say. Three killer picks this week, dude. You took <laughs> yeah, me on a journey, and I'm th- yeah, I'm, I'm shaking your hand. Yeah, we're uh, we started started loud, and we've gotten a little softer. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. This was like it's one of the more beautiful. Started albums soft, ever. got really loud, and then yeah, got a little softer. just really really loud. <laughs> got even louder, and now we're sort of we're tapering off. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm glad you like this one. I think like like you said, I'm I'm excited to see. I, I'm still not done with this one, um, and I think I'll, I'll vi- revisit it um, for quite a while. But yeah, curious to see like where she goes to as an artist because I think yeah she's doing her own thing. Um, I think that's something at least I say a lot on this podcast. But I think that mm-hmm. is something that intrigues me about music these days. Is like how can you with the multitude of recorded music we have, like how can you? take your influences and and spin it in your own way. So Kara Walker's absolutely 100%. doing that. Or Kara Jackson. Kara, who's Kara Walker? Oh, that's a Destroyer song. Anyways. I think Kara Walker uh, is an artist. Yeah, there's a song. Also. There's a song I was listening to. Anyways, sorry, Kara Jackson. You should, um, you should look up Kara Walker's work. It's really amazing. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, shit, you know? These are uh this this was this was a lot of fun. I'm 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 excited for for what else is uh is coming in the next in the next month or so. Um but uh yeah, these were these were amazing picks and um it was nice to kind of go on that uh go on that journey. Um and that's about uh that's about all from us. I uh as we, as we as we say here at the end, if you want to check out any of these songs, um we've got a uh We've got a Spotify, uh, Spotify. We've got a Spotify playlist, um, just with some of these, some of these picks, and just maybe some other music that we've been listening to that you should dive into if you're if you're curious, if you're interested. Um, but uh, yeah, Any, anything else to you want to say before we uh, before we close it out, before we nail it to the wall? Um, no, man. 
good stuff this month. Oh, I mean, I'm I've just excited for like, the, oh yeah, yeah, go for it. Oh, no. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no, no. Ask, I, ask me and then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I, I just, I've been listening to the, uh, the Homer radio, uh, mixes that have, that are on Apple music. Um, and I wanted to shout out, uh, Crystal Mess, Crystal Mess. Uh, she's a, I believe, a French DJ, but she's um, she actually DJed for Frank Ocean's set. I think he was delayed, um, and she DJed uh, to sort of bridge the bridge the gap. Um, but she also is the first. She did the first in the Homer Radio series of of mixes on Apple Music, um, and it's phenomenal. Like it starts with like a um, a acapella version of uh, a nine to five by dolly parton uh <laughs> and then it just Fire. rolls into yeah so, some wild shit it's it's an amazing it's like one of my favorite types of mixes where it just goes everywhere <laughs> um and it's 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 really really damn good um so i i'd recommend that um and she's done a, a couple in that mix i think they've done like 21 at this point or something it's kind of crazy oh my uh, gosh that might be that's not right is that right 21 <laughs> 21's not right. Hold on. <laughs> no, it is. I remember be- looking at it and being very surprised by how many it was. Because I think the first one came out uh, like right before Halloween or something. 25. What the hell? Holy shit. That's crazy. Also cool art on these. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry for interrupting. <laughs> no, I forgot what I was going to say. It's fine. That epic. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Damn. No, no. I'm just, uh, I, I look forward each month to you know what am i gonna like and then also how can i fuck with levi and make him listening listen to something that you know he might not listen to otherwise um, bro you're destroying my algorithm spotify they can't pin me <laughs> yeah. down dude your rap is gonna be crazy <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile mine's just gonna but be like wh- baby shark wheels on the bus um there were many songs you loved but one rose to the top <laughs> yeah, and one really <laughs> ruled your ear Baby shark, dude, dude. Oh my god. god. Well, cool. Uh, this has been Music Podcast. I'm Levi Pack. I'm Jordan Opry. Thanks for listening. Love. We'll, ca- big we'll love. catch you next month. Big love. Big love. Hey, what we always say to close this baby out. Yeah, what we always say. We did an big outro. Love. Big love. <laughs>